Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Nine years in growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Miles, you threw something at us right before we airtime. Um, I'm reading your your link from the Patriot Post. Tell us about it, Miles Bauer. Yeah, it's an article by Victor Davis Hansen, which I genuinely appreciate his perspective on on things. But he he um, was writing an article about how our potential foes, China and Russia, love that we are going so woke. Um, that um, our military is more worried about equity and equality than the ability to defend the United States, that we're making some unique energy choices, um, which is also putting us behind the eight eight ball. I don't know if you saw, but California apparently has some energy challenges that they're going through now, Um, which is kind of fun. Right. Go ahead. You know, so I mean, it's like, you know, we're in the, in the interest of, of wokeness, we are making some very, as I would characterize them, poor choices that our potential enemies are celebrating you know the the fascinating part for me miles and Lud both when i look at woke and and what they're trying to in fact you use the word equality i support equality but i don't think that we need to uh, ignore the spike in crime that's higher than 40 years inflation that's higher than 40 years um major u.s downtowns almost overnight when i'm reading this went from from mostly safe and clean to terrifying and toxic, we've got some crisis. If, if you look at the illiteracy rate in the United States total and how it's, it's plummeted, it's, it's, it's went downhill dramatically in the last 10 years while we're focusing on things that I believe are already enshrined in the Constitution. And so while we're off having these, what I believe to be red herring dialogues, they're re- reinventing America in total. So if if you decided you want to be a crossdresser, let me let me shock everybody. There've always been crossdressers. So should we be, should we be all pulling our hair out over that fact, or should we be looking at the fact that there are lots of people in America that can't eat and cannot read? What's our focus supposed to be? Uh, military. I was always right. I'm 61, folks. I was always raised up to believe that the military is about breaking things and killing people. That's what it does. And instead, it's being used as a social engineering transmission belt. To your point, Miles, and I'll add, to your point and to the point Victor Davis Hanson and to the point of China and what they're doing, to the point of what Russia is doing. And by the way, most of our close European allies 
are looking at us and shaking their head and taking advantage of us. They are proving that uh, the America first Trumpism is, is rational thinking if your goal is to have a solvent and fair United States of America. Because there's nothing fair about the arguments that they've got us all, both sides, locked down into. Ludger, a professor, what say you on this topic? Listen, <clears throat> I don't care who's behind the, the stick of a $10 million airplane, as long as they're qualified. Because when that plane goes up in the air and it's here to protect us and whoever we're to fight against, better be able to knock the other plane out of the sky. That's all that matters to me. I don't care if it's somebody that dresses as a dog, somebody that has a wife, uh, husband, same sex. I don't care. They just better be qualified. And what we're finding is we're not. We're not doing the most qualified. We're, we're putting in fake numbers. And we saw this in the Michigan police standardized test at one point that a black female had to get an, eight, an 86 on her entrance exam versus a white male had to get a 96. So they could increase the number of black females in the state police force. And I've asked my classes multiple times on this. Does that make that woman qualified? So if you know this is the standard and you're a white officer and a black female officer shows up as your backup, do you question, is she qualified to be your backup? Listen, it goes further than that, Lud. Let me stop you for a minute because, by the way, that's not new. I remember being a very young man uh, with, with a brother-in-law that was fresh as a cadet on a city police department. They had two tests during that period to become a police officer and then also later in his career to write a sergeant's test, depending on who you were, not what your experience and your achievement was. But what, what to me, whenever I hear this part of the debate, I find it flabbergasting. It reminds me a little bit about the methodology argument, guns, over violent crime. So rather than saying, why do we have people that want to commit violent crimes, and what can we do to change that, we argue over their methodology. So to your point, we look at different segments of our culture that are not educated enough to pass the test as to what the citizens of that community deem necessary. And rather than us saying, what can we do to help those communities get better education, we pretend like that's not the problem. The problem is you don't score high enough because you're black, by the way, which I think is the most bombastic, racist thing that they could say. Rather than saying we've utterly failed inner city America, in every single state, if there's an inner city, we failed it. Yeah. And that's got nothing to do with race. That's got to do with the ideology. It's why China's laughing at our military. Well, and it was a big thing when uh, they were going to reduce the standards in Army Ranger School for females versus males. And the Rangers are an elite force. Those standards should not be adjusted based on your sex. If you can't meet the standard to be part of an elite force, then you can't be part of an elite force. But now it's the opposite. So somewhere on the list for today, 25% of the Democrats polled believe that men can have babies. And then I look at our side of the divide and say, listen, guys and girls, if we can't beat an organization, a group that says 25% of the Think 25% of them think that men can have babies, and we must be broken, as broken as they are, if they're still beating us with this sheer, utter nonsense. I don't want to try to have a baby either, by the way. <laughs> Miles, take us down a different path, Miles Bauer. No, I, I uh, can. I mean, this is, 
you know, they, they are wanting to blur gender. Um, uh, you know, what is it? There's, there's 85 different genders. Am I, am I recalling that correctly? 85, 86, quit but quit being so, so finite. And I you're mean, right. This is a gray area, Miles. Until it's the first woman appointed somewhere, all of a sudden they can identify it, Miles. Uh, right. Listen, we've we've the the whole thing about gender is based on assumption that if a if a man can throw a shot put further than a woman, that's not fair. That's what they think. The 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 downside to that or the other side of that coin is that I think both genders are equal. They're just different. Mm-hmm. To pretend that they're not different is as foolish is thinking a man can get pregnant. We are different because we got to be different. And I just to flip our culture upside down as if that's going to change anything, there are things that my wife does I can't do. I just I can't do them. She's better at it than me. Like being nice to me? No, she's used to hear what she says about you. Oh. She says <laughs> she says what our listeners say. Well, I know. She must love me then. <laughs> <laughs> All that fan mail. I heard you had to up your mailbox uh, server. So you, bum- you bumped your head on the way into the station today. Hey, like I said, she can be nice. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Yowzers. All right, listen, folks. We've got to go to a break, but do with me. It's a big deal. Please wait. We'll be right back. All right, guys, let's jump right back into this. Blinken makes surprise visit to Kiev to announce a $2.6 billion military aid for Ukraine, Europe, both, evidently. U.S. pledges, literally, U.S. pledges $2.6 billion to counter Russian aggression against Ukraine and other European nations. And I ask the... I guess I'm just a, just a youngster here, and I don't always understand. I have to ask it. Miles, where does that money come from? You know, this is totally amazing. I mean, when you listen to what Biden says about the U- Ukraine, I mean, it sounds like Biden is just going to print an infinite amount of money. And the, the only thing that I, I have got to wonder, and this is where I got to lean on Lude here, he's the economist, is when does the uh, economy fall off the tracks that we can't sustain this level of debt and spending? That was 20 years ago. You think it's unretractable? Yeah. We are on our way off the tracks, and that's it? Yeah. There's, there's no coming back now, from this. So, folks, just to highlight what Miles said about Ludd, we call him Ludwig because he does teach micro and macro economics. He's an economist, and you're telling me we're just hosed until we, I've often equated us to an alcoholic, until we hit rock bottom and fixing is the only choice we have left, we won't do it there's until, not, we're, until we're there. There's not enough U.S. dollars in the world to pay off our debt, so you can't. But But listen, how do you... How do you, this is the part I never understood, and I didn't understand it back when Obama sent an airplane full of cash to Iran. I didn't, and I'm not even taking a shot at that ignoramus for doing that. 
But what I don't understand is how do you load up an airplane with cash or some blinking over there with promises? You got to go through a city airport to a city airport to get there. I'm just telling you. You have to go to Detroit International uh, Metropolitan Airport. You got to go to Ronald Reagan Airport. You got to go to a big, gigantic airport, or you're not going to get to any of those places. And to get to those airports, you've got to go through what amounts to a third world nation economics. Think about it, where the majority are functionally illiterate. In America, we're just on our way to the airplane to give money to foreign countries that, by the way, hate us. But we're passing through millions of U.S. citizens, Democrats and Republicans, black, white, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that are destitute poor living in third world conditions. And we're, walk, we're, we're, wheeling, we're, <laughs> we're wheeling vaults through their streets to send them to somewhere else. Miles, listen, you guys, both of you two are... You've got a better view of this stuff than I do. Miles Bauer, help me make sense of that because it truly escapes me. Now, I don't um, understand it either. So here's the question I have for you then. We have a budget. Within our budget, where's the <laughs> no, we, line item no, that says don't. that we put away a certain amount of money for foreign military aid? Where's that in the budget? Because where's this coming from? Where, how is Congress approving this? Listen, but it's worse than that. You take Michigan as an example, and we're representative of most of the median, the, the, the middle group of states where we've got somewhere between, who's telling the story, somewhere between 4 and 5 million people that are employed. And we have a $76 billion budget. Well, you work your head around that. I, I tell you that because it, even on a local level, most Norton Shores, Michigan, has been operating negative for a decade that I know of. How do you do that? It's it, I, it, to me, it's not just the government; it's a cultural thing. Yep. So, if you're one of the groups of citizens in the United States demanding you get more free money wired into your account, but you know that we're dead broke, and you know that the cities in the United States are living in destitute third world conditions. You're no different than the person that voted for the thousand-page bill that didn't read it. But where is this coming from? Where is it coming from in the budget? Is it coming from the defense budget where the, the president can spend it? Is it coming? There's no line item that I'm aware of that has rainy day fund for foreign wars. Miles, any idea? Well, okay, so first of all, I can't even remember the last budget. I think we've been operating on CRs now for for years. Lude, correct me if I'm wrong, but but the way Congress allocates funds, the president can dispense it the way he wishes, provided that it's related to whatever category Congress allocates it to. Yeah, so in this case, it would be having to come out of the military budget. This is going to shock you. I have to pause everybody to answer that question because I think it was an important question. It tells a lot of the problem. So the Trump administration's budget proposal was released on March 11, 2019, and on August 1st of 2019, the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2019, or H.R. 3877, was passed by the House, 
the next day the Senate passed it. I tell you that story because that was the last federal budget. That's what I thought. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we've got a we've got a president in there with Marines standing to the left, Marines standing to the right. His fix fists are clenched and he's screaming at half of America, calling us all treasonous and extremists, etc. Uh, but he's not bothered with a budget at all. And the reason they don't want budgets on the left is because they don't they like gray area. You start setting up budgets where it's got lines. You, you line 37 says it's only X. Well, they want Y. If they don't put it in writing, they can make it up as they go. Shouldn't they be able to get a budget through right now, though? They have the House, the Senate. The- I, I don't know. Ask, ask, uh, or does that hold them accountable? They don't want, they don't want it wrote down, written down. Miles, am I wrong on that? No, not I, at all. I'd love to be wrong, by the way. I'm just telling you, folks, I would love to be wrong and say, well, it's really kind of cumbersome. It's, it's this, it's that. But when you start looking back and say the last one was from the last president, I Because ah, wouldn't it be nice to take the $2 billion and maybe upgrade some of our 1987 planes, maybe get uh, invest in the VA, uh, pay our, our military servicemen more, um, you know, maybe take some and put it into, you know, psychiatric help for the Americans. And that $2 billion could be used in a lot of different ways. Or we're fighting some foreign war that we have no part of, should have no part of, and has no bearing on us unless you're a Biden. What do you think, Miles? Um, I think it's fun that they refer to the Ukraine as a democracy. Yeah. Um, let's see. He jailed his political opponents. He outlawed his opposition party, and he took over all of media in the U- Ukraine. Keeping in mind that you are talking about a political party domestically, that openly says they would prefer a single-party system here. Um, and, and by the way, folks, in contrary, I think having multiple parties, two at the very minimum, is healthy. We need a vigorous debate in the middle of the arena of ideas. I'm not here on this radio show calling to silence anybody, whether I agree with them or otherwise. But a significant faction of elected leadership well, love you. I say you do it every week. Yeah, you, you got me there. You tell Jared turn the mic off every week. Yeah, nice to turn it off. Turn, turn, turn his off. He paid for this microphone. What was that, Reagan? So I paid for that microphone. <laughs> turn that thing off. So, anyhow, I, it's a fascinating thing to me. It really is. We wouldn't even talk to this guy two years ago. Like he was considered a tyrant. But listen, when I when this war in Ukraine started, I was on this microphone ragging on both of those leaders. I said, they're bookends. I can't tell one from the other, and they've been fighting this war for 500 years that I can document. You should have seen the snarky mail I got. Yowzers. Uh, but it's true. Miles, it goes to everything that you said. You were exactly correct hey, on who they real really quick, are. Real quick, before we go, we switch to break here. Who got fired this time for this $2 billion? It wasn't Ludwig. Because last time he was going to get $2 billion, Joe Biden said, you better fire that man. Uh, it's, it's, he's a lot of work. When we come back, though, let's, let's talk about Hunter Biden. Folks, we'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski. So guys, I'm looking at this story. This is from Fox News. Headline, their headline. Blinken makes a pri- I'm on the wrong one. Jeepers, there's that guy. Hunter Biden said he would be happy to introduce business associates to top communist party leaders in China. How do you get your head around that, Miles Bauer? No, I I uh, can't. I don't. I cannot. I mean, I can certainly comprehend that the elites are unable to see the big picture, but I don't quite understand why they don't view this as a problem, given that China is about to overtake us economically and given the amount of assets China owns within the U.S. 50 states. I mean, we, this this is a serious problem. It, it really is. And listen to what I, I can't, folks, I apologize before I say this, but I can't help but contrast this to having to read transcripts of President Trump talk to a foreign leader and then impeaching him over things that he didn't actually say. But I, I stand back with that in my mind and ask myself the obvious. How is it? Forget leadership. I don't care what Pelosi thinks or Chucky Schemer. How does the, and I say this respectfully, folks, so don't get mad at me. I genuinely do not understand the average Democrat voter that was clapping like a penguin that they caught Trump, and here's his transcripts, but this is okay. How, how does that how does that work for you? That this is okay. Well, I didn't even know this happened until today. Uh, l- listen. So man. if I if I and I'm, I consider myself pretty informed. So if I don't know what happened, there's there's no way anybody else does. And is they're not going to broadcast it? I found it. But you were looking for it. I didn't know I was looking for it. Yeah, but you were looking I for had it no something. Ide- and I had no idea that this dope had. There we go. You didn't even know until you happened to stumble across no, it. I had no idea that he would be so ignorant as to make these public. I, I, folks, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's just beyond the pale. You would think the old man would say, the big guy, would say, son, sit down and shut up for three more years. Why would he? Because he, he sat made, on a stage and said, fire that man or you're not getting the aid. A billion dollars. And there was no that we didn't quid have pro quo for that. That we didn't have then either. Yeah, but there was no quid, quid, quid pro quo. How do, and I mean this truly, folks, both of you. How does a Democrat rationalize supporting that stuff while at the same time yelling about orange man bad? And, folks, I'm not trying to make this about a Trump issue. I'm sorry. But it's just so blatant I can't help myself to go, wait a minute, bad orange man Hunter Good, Joe even better. Yeah, see, I, that's the problem. I don't want to make this a Trump issue, but we, we saw so much hypocrisy over the last two years that we do compare it against Trump. And, you know, we did the same thing with Obama because Bush was treated so much differently. So it's, it's not that it's a Trump issue. You're trying to compare it to fairness. And a leader should be held to the same standard regardless of party. So s- speaking of folks not knowing, very next on my list, court Government must produce docs on alleged social media collusion. That's from Newsmax.com. If you're a progressive and you're rolling your eyeballs at Newsmax.com, go ahead and Google it. You'll find that all over the place. 
at all of your favorite Yahoo and MSN. It, it's it's news, and so I sit and I and I I read it, and it goes to the fact that what you said, a lot of folks don't know these things because social media blocked it. And that's where mostly we're getting the news today. Right. Yeah. Miles, what do you think? How how does a Democrat do this, or do or is Ludwig correct for the fifth time this year, and they simply don't know? Yeah, I was going to say, they, they aren't. Uh, first of all, a- as I've said many times before on the show, the swamp will never police the swamp. True. Okay? Um, Garland and Biden knew they were going to go into Trump's home. They didn't care that it was unprecedented in U.S. history. Okay? So, you know, <laughs> for... For anybody to think that Washington is going to police Washington is just folly. Yeah, but see, even the social media leaders are coming out and saying this. I don't know if you guys heard the Zuckerberg interview. He said, I got a call before the Hunter Biden thing. From the FBI. From the FBI. And said, this is probably Russian propaganda. But everybody knew it wasn't true. But he was called by the FBI and said, police this. Um. A do private you, company. Do you believe him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you? I don't. I, don't, I think Zuckerberg's EQ is so low that he doesn't. He's going to tell you. And I feel he was on a safe space in the show he was doing. Yeah, I one hundred percent believe him. Because he said it before too. He actually testified to that, I believe. I, folks, I got to tell you, I I grew up in a police family, so I, it's not that I don't support police. I'm very big supportive of the line of blue. But I ask again, which founding father? would have said, yeah, wow, a federal police department sounds like a great idea. Because it's not possible. Hamilton? Uh, I, don't even think, <laughs> I don't even think Big Gov Hamilton would have. It's not possible for a federal police not to turn into a political arm. Mm-hmm. There is no example in history from any country, anywhere in the world, where a, where a national force wasn't a political arm. Well, it's placed underneath the executive branch. And that's a political arm. Yes. It's not, it's not humanly possible. It's not under the Supreme Court. Yep, and it's folks, if, if you find me wrong, email it to me, Mike at the MikeHewittShow.com. Tell me I'm wrong, sun proof, and I will absolutely spotlight it. But I love history. I'm fairly well read on history. There isn't an example of a national police that wasn't a political arm. Well, the FBI ever since the founding under uh, You mean Cheka? Was it ever honestly considered legit? Like above par? was When, it, when he wasn't cross-dressing, it was legit. I mean, the FBI's always been under scrutiny and issues and since its founding. Ah, I'm, I just don't support it at all. And I keep hearing, but the, but the, the, the folks at the bottom, the, just the rank and file, they're good people. No, they aren't. There might be some good people in there, but they sought that bureaucratic mess. They wanted the authority, the big federal badge. And I'm sorry, that's not, um, that's not a staple of American values. I, I defy anybody to demonstrate how wrong I am. I'm okay with it. I'll gladly admit it, do another, another mea culpa, but I don't think you're going to find anything that's documentable to say that I'm on the wrong so track So can I ask you, that. like the U.S. Marshals, what do you think of that? Uh, but listen, they had a very limited scope. Same with Secret Service when it was devised. Both of these two organizations had a very limited scope. Most of it, by the way, in terms of citizen interact, was was for was for past tense, was for states that were not state 
did not have statehood yet. So they were ranging in territories. It's a very, very different animal. Yeah. Um, just well, it, you know the Secret Service's main goal is actually counterfeit. Right. And that's really their that's purpose. That's what their purpose was. Yeah. Yeah, but they got... We look at it as the presidency, but it's actually counterfeit. Right. And listen, if they keep... Including Biden, by the way. I don't want any president hurt. No. So if that's, if that's their function, but that's way, way, way different than having multiple offices in every state and to interact with the public as if... I'm sorry, I... That's not as high as education on my list. My hair doesn't catch on fire completely. But holy smokeroonies, what a cultural mistake having a federal police is in in my view. Listen, we're we're down to seconds, but I want to get you guys um, on a different path for the next the next chapter of the show. Question is, is are members of the old guard sinking Biden's presidency? And I said there must be more. 60s revolutionaries the White House can hire. Next line, Podesta. Mr. Government himself, the Biden administration has reached out to. Is this just all the D's thing, Miles, or are they reaching back to a certain ideological ge- uh, generation on purpose? Um, well, you know, as as we've we talked about on the show, there's a bit of a civil war occurring on the Democrat side and equally on the Republican side as well. Right. And um, at least on the Democrat side, it's kind of the progressives v. everybody else. Versus, sure. All right. Listen, on that note, folks, we've got to go to a break. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, let's let's go in a different direction again. Uh, we're asked by a fellow via email, John Rote. That's literally, his last name is Rote. So John Rote asks, I love the question, I'm sorry I do. We've kind of kicked it around before. But his words, are we better off now than we were two years ago? So that was a Reagan-esque line about four years ago after Jimmy Carter got done flipping us upside down. But I think the question is, Valid. So I started to make a list, but folks, the list was so long I stopped myself. Global stability, are we better off now than two years ago? Financial stability, are we better off now than we were two years ago? Cultural stability, are we better off? And, and the list, this list could have, might have needed a, you know, a memory stick rather than just a legal pad. Uh, Ludwig, since you're in the academia help me with this are we better off now than two years ago or is this my conservative republicanism spilling out through bias eyes well let's let's i mean if you just look at things around take the politics away from it right new york city reminds me of what i heard about in the early 80s dangerous don't really want to go there right chicago same thing so that those cities the big cities aren't better off i look at the inflation rate in the economic market Inflation's at 9%. Based on how we measure it today, it's much higher than as we know. That's not better. Price of goods, especially uh, non-durable goods, which are things we eat and wear and those types of things, prices are higher, not good. Cultural stability. Um, I've gotten in elevators with minorities and been nervous that they may be upset with me just because I'm white, and that's only happened in the, probably the last year or so. Didn't ever have that issue, never even had that thought in my mind. 
I don't think that's better off. So just based on your list, oh, North Korea, Iran, China, Russia, all these interactions that are happening that weren't existing two years ago, right. no, we're not better off. So based on your list, then I would have to say no. Even the growth of NATO um, is a result of the lack of global stability. Miles Bauer, what say you on this topic? Yeah, no, I mean, um, let's just look look at the border and the potential economic Im- impact on that, which, by the way, don't don't want to derail the topic, but I think it's fun that Governor Abbott down there in Texas is starting to bus some of the um, illegal immigrants into some of these liberal cities, and now they're 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 starting to push back on it. Yeah, we touched on that a little bit in the last week or so, but the fun part about that is that he's sending them to sanctuary cities. And yep. then the mayors of those cities, their hair's catching on fire. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even my mayor, Lighthead, yep. she's, she's calling him unpatriotic and racist for uh, doing that. Listen. And I'm like, Wow. And let me, and I absolutely. But listen, I gotta before we run out of time on the show, we would be remiss not to acknowledge that Queen Elizabeth has passed away this week. Yeah. And so, you know, we've got a a long history, a great relationship with with uh, the United Kingdom. She's been a dear asset and ally throughout a, a, a an incredible lifespan of serving as as the the sovereign. They're in the United Kingdom. So her passing will certainly change Great Britain, the United Kingdom. It may change our life with them. And they're in some upheaval right now because not only has she passed, but they just switched prime ministers or they just installed a new one this week. The same day. Yeah, the, these. Yeah, that's the true thing. They're, this is a big deal for them. And I, I didn't want to be remiss in not mentioning it and literally – sending some prayers to the folks that are immediately infected, impacted by her loss, her family, and, and the citizens of what, the United Kingdom. What I find most amazing is she's been queen longer than you've been alive, longer than I've been alive. My mom, like, yeah. this is the first change of the monarchy since we've been in our life, and a yeah. lot, a majority of Americans also, I, I mean, it's a bad time. It's tragedy. But the pop and circumstance that Britain does do for these events is fascinating. I really do get a little enthralled in it. I like seeing their traditions come to the forefront during these times. And obviously, we all have prayers for the UK and the rest of the world as we're going to go through this. Because this is another tumultuous changing of the guard as they are changing prime minister and the monarch. So, um, What say you, Miles? No, I, you know, it's strap on your seatbelts and put your helmet on because um, we're about to run into some turbulence here. Yeah, yeah I, these all, all of these things b- blend together. Um, unknown is not what drives stability. To, to your point, though, Ludwig, she was queen sovereign for 70 years and 127 days. That's a long time to serve. My mother-in-law lived and passed in that time period. Yep. Yeah, she never saw a change in the guard. Yep, lots of, lots of folks did. Listen, let's, let's move on because there's some things I just 
got to make myself get to or get, make us get to. This is my annual question, and I set up this episode to ask it again. Both of you are going to roll your eyes at me. I'm okay, but we're right on our annual schedule. If, if it were put to a vote on our federal November ballot to set aside the United States Constitution and join a global government, do you think it would pass or fail Ludwig? I'll go to you first. 100% pass. You think it would pass? Yeah. You think a simple majority of the citizens of the United States would vote to set aside our Constitution and join a global authority? Yeah. Miles, what say you on that? I was going to say, I'm going to take the other side of the room. I, I say a third to 40% of the people would vote for it, but it would ultimately fail. I, I, listen, I've been, I started on this question a decade ago when I was in the 30s that it would fail, 30% it would pick up. Over through the Obama administration and on into the Trump administration, every year on this show, my estimate of it passing or failing, I'm up in the high 40s right now. I think it would be very close because I can hear the campaign Everybody makes the same. We're defended by the same. Everyone is the same. No more wars, only peace. Everything's beautiful. Everybody sing Kumbaya starting right now without any religious overtone, by the way. Listen, I think a lot of folks would pony up and get on board with that campaign. No more wars, holy smokes. And you and I, no no matter what meritocracy says, we get to earn the same. I I think folks would like that a lot. I do. I'm with you, Miles. I still think it would fail. But I think it would be really, really close. Depends who's handling the messaging. If you let the uh, Democrat Party, they'll tell you how you're going to get free school, free health care. Listen, this is, this is where I get in the woods on this. This is like the folks calling for another constitutional convention. And it's, they, it's like they assume that the only people in that room will be people that are of like minds. And I can tell you, having chaired a few conventions and serving at a lot of them, that ain't how it works, even on our side of the divide. Right. Uh, and so I, I tell you that when I say we as a culture need to slow down a little bit, in my view. I think we're running really rapid. Do you think there'd be anybody on our side that's against it, would vote in favor of it, just so there's like a lesson learned type thing? Uh, maybe, but you may have some that say I'm just not going to vote. Yeah. Uh, the the argument would burn them out because you got that all the time. Um, I, it's, I don't listen. It would be fun to dissect where we think the numbers are, but we're just pontificating. It's all well, I guess. I know they've I've seen videos where they'll go on camp college campus and ask them to sign a petition to do away the Constitution, and ninety percent of the students sign it. Well, but listen, the overwhelming majority of people your age and down think the electoral college is a defaulted antiquated junk system they don't get the concept of states rights so if you say i support states rights you must have been a guy that was a confederate yeah Uh, i mean that immediately ties state rights to racism i find that absolutely profound but listen we need to dial that up but we're out of time i gotta ask you to do me a favor folks just like john wrote did rate us and send us an email i ask you every week please do it i do get a lot I respond to every one of them. It's Mike at com. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Agree with Miles and I that there's something wrong with Ludwig. 
Send us a suggestion for a topic. He said with a big grin on his face. Listen, the only thing I'm saying is that we love doing this show, but it's not just us. It's you also, and I want to get you on board, so write us. Say, I don't care if I'm not the first one. Include my topic. We want, we want that kind of interaction. By the way, I'll go you an extra step this time. 616-405-3420. I answer all the phone calls. Me, myself, I answer it. Send, us, send me a call. Send us an email. I would love to hear from you. Folks, please be safe, and we will see you next week. Thank you.